Chapter 27, verses 1 through 14 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 27, verses 1 through 5. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, and departed, and went and hanged himself. Augustine. The evangelist had above brought down his memory of what was done to the Lord as far as early morning. He then turned back to relate Peter's denial, after which he returned to the morning to continue the course of events, when the morning was come, etc. Origin. They supposed that by his death they should crush his doctrine, and the belief in him of those who believed him to be the Son of God. With such purpose against him they bound Jesus, who looses them that are bound. Jerome. Observe the evil zeal of the chief priests. They watched the whole night with a view to this murder, and they gave him up to Pilate bound, for such was their practice to send bound to the judge any whom they had sentenced to death. Rabanus, though it should be observed that they did not now first bind him, but before, when they first laid hands upon him in the garden, as John relates. Chrysostom, they did not put him to death in secret, because they sought to destroy his reputation, and the wonder with which he was regarded by many. For this reason they were minded to put him to death openly before all, and therefore they led him to the governor, Jerome. Judas, when he saw that the Lord was condemned to death, returned the money to the priests, as though it had been in his own power to change the minds of his persecutors. Origen. Let the propounders of those fables concerning intrinsically evil natures answer me here, whence Judas came to the acknowledgment of his sin. I have sinned, and that I have betrayed righteous blood, except through the good mind originally implanted in him, and that seed of virtue which is sown in every rational soul. But Judas did not cherish this, and so fell into this sin. But if ever any man was made of a nature that was to perish, Judas was yet more of such a nature. If indeed he had done this after Christ's resurrection, it might have been said that the power of the resurrection brought him to repentance. But he repented when he saw Christ delivered up to Pilate, perhaps remembering the things Jesus had so often spoken of his resurrection or perhaps Satan, who had entered into him, continued with him till Jesus was given up to Pilate, and then, having accomplished his purpose, departed from him, whereupon he repented. But how could Judas know that he was condemned, for he had not yet been examined by Pilate? One may perhaps say that he foreboded the event in his own mind from the very first, when he saw him delivered up. Another may explain the words, when he saw that he was condemned, of Judas himself, that he then perceived his evil cause, 
and saw that he himself was condemned. Leo, when he says, I have sinned, and that I have betrayed innocent blood, he persists in his wicked treachery, seeing that amid the last struggles of death he believed not Jesus to be the Son of God, but merely man of our rank. For had he not thus denied his omnipotence, he would have obtained his mercy. Chrysostom, observe that he repents only when his sin is finished and complete. For so the devil suffers not those who are not watchful to see the evil before they bring it to an end. Remigius, but they said, what is that to us? That is to say, what is it to us that he is righteous? See thou to it, i.e., to thy own deed that will come of it. Though some would read these in one, what must we think of you when you confess that the man whom yourself have betrayed is innocent? Origin. But when the devil leaves anyone, he watches his time for return, and having taken it, he leads him into a second sin, and then watches for opportunity for a third deceit. So the man who had married his father's wife afterwards repented him of this sin, but again the devil resolved so to augment this very sorrow of repentance, that his sorrow being made too abundant might swallow up the sorrower. Something like this took place in Judas, who after his repentance did not persevere in his own heart, but received that more abundant sorrow supplied to him by the devil, who sought to swallow him up, as it follows, and he went out and hanged himself. But had he desired and looked for place and time for repentance, he would perhaps have found him who has said, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Or perhaps he desired to die before his master on his way to death, and to meet him with a disembodied spirit, that by confession and deprecation he might obtain mercy. He did not see that it is not fitting that a servant of God should dismiss himself from life, but should wait God's sentence. Rabanus, he hung himself to show that he was hateful to both heaven and earth. Pseudo-Augustine, since the chief priests were employed about the murder of the Lord from the morning to the ninth hour, how is this proved that before the crucifixion Judas returned them the money he had received and said to them in the temple, I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood. Whereas it is manifest that the chief priests and elders were never in the temple before the Lord's crucifixion, seeing that when he was hanging on the cross, they were there to insult him. Nor indeed can this be proved hence, because it is related before the Lord's passion, for many things which were manifestly done before are related after that and the reverse. It might have been done after the ninth hour, when Judas, seeing the Savior dead, and the veil of the temple rent, the earthquake, the bursting of the rocks, and the elements terrified, was seized with fear and sorrow thereupon. But after the ninth hour, the chief priests and elders were occupied, as I suppose, in the celebration of the Passover, and on the Sabbath. The law would not have allowed him to bring the money. Therefore, it is to me as yet unproved on what day or at what time Judas ended his life by hanging. Verses 6 through 10. And the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful for to put them into the treasury, because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel 
and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. Chrysostom the chief priests, knowing that they had purchased a murderer, were condemned by their own conscience. They said, It is the price of blood, Jerome, truly straining out the gnat and swallowing the camel. For if they would not put the money into the treasury, because it was the price of blood, why did they shed the blood at all? Origin, they thought it meet to spend upon the dead that money which was the price of blood. But, as there are differences even in burial places, they used the price of Jesus' blood in the purchase of some potter's field, where foreigners might be buried, not as they desired in the sepulchres of their fathers. Augustine. It was brought about, I conceive, by God's providence, that the Savior's price should not minister means of excess to sinners, but repose to foreigners, that thence Christ might both redeem the living by the shedding of his blood, and harbor the dead by the price of his passion. Therefore, with the price of the Lord's blood, the potter's field is purchased. We read in Scripture that the salvation of the whole human race has been purchased by the Savior's blood. This field, then, is the whole world. The potter, who is the Lord of the soil, is he who has formed of clay the vessels of our bodies. This potter's field then was purchased by Christ's blood, and to strangers who, without country or home, wander over the whole earth, repose is provided by Christ's blood. These foreigners are the more devout Christians who have renounced the world and have no possession in it, and so repose in Christ's blood, for the burial of Christ is nothing but the repose of a Christian. For as the apostle says, we are buried with him by baptism into death. We are in this life, then, as foreigners. Jerome. Also we who were strangers to the law and to the prophets have profited by the perverse temper of the Jews to obtain salvation for ourselves. Origin. Or by the foreigners, they who to the end are aliens from God, for the righteous are buried with Christ in a new tomb hewn out of the rock. But they who are aliens from God, even to the end, are buried in the field of a potter, a worker in clay, who being bought by the price of blood is called the field of blood. Gloss. To this day means to the time when the evangelist was then writing. He then confirms the event by the testimony of the prophet. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, etc. Jerome. This is not found at all in Jeremiah, but in Zacharias, who is the last but one of the twelve prophets. Something like it is told, and though the sense is not very different, yet the arrangement and the words are different. Augustine. But if anyone thinks this lowers the historian's credit, first let him know that not all the copies of the gospel have the name Jeremiah, but some simply by the prophet. But I do not like this defense, because the more and the more ancient copies have Jeremiah, and there could be no reason for adding the name and thus making an error. But it's 
erasure is well accounted for by the hardihood of ignorance having heard the foregoing objection urged it might be then that the name jeremias occurred to the mind of matthew as he wrote instead of the name zacharias as so often happens and that he would have straightway corrected it when pointed out to him by such as read this while he yet lived in the flesh had he not thought that his memory being guided by the holy spirit would not thus have called up to him one name instead of the other had not the lord determined that it should thus be written and why he should have so determined the first reason is that it would convey the wonderful consent of the prophets who all spake by one spirit which is much greater than if all the words of all the prophets had been uttered through the mouth of one man so that we receive without doubt whatever the holy spirit spake through them each word belongs to all in common and the whole is the utterance of each suppose it to happen at this day that in repeating another's words one should mention not the speaker's name but that of some other person who whoever was the other's great friend and then immediately recollecting himself should correct himself he might yet add yet am i right if you only think of the close unanimity that exists between the two how much more is this to be observed of the holy prophets there is a second reason why the name jeremias should be suffered to remain in this quotation from zacharias or rather why it should have been suggested by the holy spirit it is said in jeremias that he bought a field of his brother's son and gave him silver for it though not indeed the sum stated in zacharias thirty pieces of silver that the evangelist has here adapted the thirty pieces of silver in zacharias to this transaction in the lord's history is plain but he may also wish to convey that what jeremias speaks of the field is mystically alluded to here and therefore he puts the name of zacharias who spoke of the thirty pieces of silver but of jeremias who spoke of the purchase of the field so that in reading the gospel and finding the name of jeremias but not finding there the passage respecting the thirty pieces of silver but the account of the purchase of the field the reader might be induced to compare the two together and so extract from them the sense of the prophecy how far it refers to what was now accomplished in the lord for what matthew adds to the prophecy whom they of the children of israel did value and gave them for the potter's field as the lord appointed me this as the lord appointed me is found neither in zacharias nor jeremias it must then be taken in the person of the evangelist as inserted with a mystic meaning that he had learned by revelation that the prophecy referred to this matter of the price for which christ was betrayed jerome far be it then from a follower of christ to suppose him guilty of falsehood whereas his business was not to pry into words and syllables but to lay down the staple of doctrine id i have lately read in a hebrew book given to me by a hebrew of the nazarene sect an apocryphal jeremias in which i find the very words here quoted after all i am rather inclined to think that the passage was taken by matthew out of zacharias in the usual manner of the apostles and the evangelists when they quote from the old testament neglecting the words and attending only to the sense verses eleven through fourteen and jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him saying art thou the king of the jews 
And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest it. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Augustine. Matthew, having finished his digression concerning the traitor Judas, returns to the course of his narrative, saying, Jesus stood before the governor. Origen. Mark how he that is ordained by his father to be the judge of the whole creation humbled himself and was content to stand before the judge of the land of Judea and to be asked by Pilate either in mockery or doubt, Art thou the king of the Jews? Chrysostom. Pilate asked Christ that which his enemies were continually casting in his teeth. For, because they knew that Pilate cared not for matters of their law, they had recourse to a public charge. Origen. Or Pilate spoke this affirmatively, as he afterwards wrote in the inscription, The King of the Jews, by answering to the chief priest, Thou hast said, he indirectly reproved his doubts, but now he turns Pilate's speech into an affirmative. Jesus saith unto him, Thou sayest it. Chrysostom. He acknowledges himself to be a king, but a heavenly one. As it is more expressively said in another gospel, My kingdom is not of this world, so that neither the Jews nor Pilate were excusable for insisting on this accusation. Hilary. Or when asked by the high priest whether he were Jesus the Christ, he answered, Thou hast said, because he had ever maintained out of the law that Christ should come. But to Pilate, who is ignorant of the law, and asks if he were the king of the Jews, he answers, Thou sayest, because the salvation of the Gentiles is through faith of that present confession. Jerome. But observe that to Pilate, who asked the question unwillingly, he did answer somewhat, but to the chief priests and priests he refused to answer, judging them unworthy of a word. And when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Augustine. Luke explains what were the accusations alleged against him, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation, and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. But it is of no consequence to the truth in what order they relate the history, or that one omits what another inserts. Origin. Neither then nor now did Jesus make any reply to their accusations, for the word of God was not sent to them as it was formerly to the prophets. Neither was Pilate worthy of an answer, as he had no fixed or abiding opinion of Christ, but veered about to contradictory suppositions. Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? Jerome. Thus, though it is a Gentile who sentences Jesus, he lays the cause of his condemnation upon the Jews. Chrysostom. He said this out of a wish to release him, if he should justify himself in his answer. But the Jews, though they had so many practical proofs of his power, his meekness and humbleness, were yet enraged against him, and urged on by a perverted judgment. Wherefore he answers nothing, or if he makes any answer, he says little, that total silence might not be construed into obstinacy. Jerome. 
or Jesus would not make any answer, lest to be cleared himself the governor should have let him go, and the benefit of his cross should have been deferred. Origin. The governor marveled at his endurance, as knowing that he had power to condemn him. He yet continued in a peaceful, placid, and immovable prudence and gravity. He marveled greatly, for it seemed to him a great miracle that Christ, produced before a criminal tribunal, should thus fearless of death, which all men think so terrible. End of chapters 27, verses 1 through 14.